0: You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your hosts, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Gabb. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today.
1: Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The
0: building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter.
1: Large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified four victims and killed even more. And plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them and that he was also a necrophiliac.
2: Hey, hey, Welcome in to another episode of the Grinding True Prime podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with... Yeah. Hey, and today narrating will be... chai And today we're going to break down another episode for you guys. But before we get into that, I want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Grinding True Crime. There you can follow our page, like our page, comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Or if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and PodVine. And for those listening to us outside of the US, you can always continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser, go to Rebel Bull- Go to Redbubble.com, type in Top Fox 80 and there you can get some merchandise courtesy of Grinding Two Cry. And if you like what you hear and you want to leave a a donation to support the cause. you can leave one on two platforms you can leave one on cash app just type in dollar sign grinding true crimes or if you have a paypal we have one now you can uh just type in at grinding true crimes and you can uh if you like to leave a donation to us to uh to support what we do you can leave it on those two platforms Listener's discretion is advised because we can't get into details that can be graphic and gruesome and not suitable for a certain audience. So, listener's discretion is advised. And later, we'll get into details. Um, we might be recording a couple of live episodes this month. It's December, but we'll uh, probably in the next episode, we'll let you guys know when we'll uh, record those live but we we are looking into doing maybe two to three times a month. But we'll let you guys know. And one more thing I left out. We are on YouTube with live recording. Well, not live recording, but it has a picture. Um what is it? Picturing pictures and uh <laughs> pictures and details of the recording that we did previously. So um, we are definitely on YouTube. Now we have a few episodes out already. So if you want to, uh, have a visual of what we talk about, just go onto YouTube and there you can find our, um, our recording. Just type in grinding through crimes as well. Okay. Got through all that
0: <laughs> started that a, a little bit. <laughs> no, huh? yeah, yeah. That was a mouthful. <laughs>
2: I'll let you finish now, Todd. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs>
1: you guys, yeah. Hey, that hey,
2: was hey. Bad. Calm down.
0: Took out of that context.
1: you finish, Todd? Damn.
0: <laughs> they took it out of context. Gabby took it there. You know what I mean? Like
2: <laughs> That
1: <laughs> romance went too far.
2: Hey, that's my brother. Ew, <laughs> hey, we ain't up. that close.
0: We ain't that close, bro. <laughs>
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, with all that bantering's over, I'm going to turn it over to you, Todd, so you can break down <laughs> your story for tonight.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, well, let's get started here. Um, this story was recommended to me by Marilyn Rice, one of our super fans.
2: Marilyn Rice.
0: Yeah, shout out to her um, and her family. Ex- uh, went through this uh, this time period of when this took place as she grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh. <clears throat> so she talks about... Um, or she wrote to us uh, saying that when she was 14 years old in junior high, um, the te- uh, a teacher she had was a cousin of the suspect, and people did not even like mentioning his last name because of who he was related to. He had the same last oh, name. Dang, it's that deep. Yeah, it's pretty deep. So um, <clears throat> I don't know if you ever, if you guys have ever heard of the movie Natural Born Killers. Yes. I, I
1: think, think I have.
0: I think I might have brought it up on another show that we did, but it was, uh, if you're not familiar with it, the audience. Um, it was a 1994 movie uh, directed by Oliver Stone and uh, also starring Woody Harrelson, Juliette Lewis, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Tommy Lee Jones, and Tom Sizemore. So it was like a big, oh,
2: big cast. Big cast.
0: Big cast, yeah. And um, it was about a, cup, a couple um, who, you know, have childhood like traumatic things that happen to where they get together meet each other up and well they become natural born killers together like it's just like the the perfect combination of two twisted people turning into serial killers together so it like it works it works out like in a a trap not a tragic way but a a horrific way because this movie i remember watching it when i was younger i was like damn this thing is graphic was so like one of those movies when you're younger you have to sneak into you know out of the sneak the movie via vhs when it was on vhs so
2: the good old days
0: yeah the good old days
1: kids but don't know what that is anymore
0: they don't know uh but this was a movie um that that grossed a lot of money um and it's this story is kind of based off of that so mm, this should this should tell you something um so, however, uh, this movie <clears throat> was obviously based on on, on the, the time period that that happened, and um, but it it's you know that movie was fictional in a lot of ways because there was a lot of overkill in that movie. You know, they had to stretch it out and they had to make it crazy. It's very bloody, very violent, um, but it kind of gives you an idea of how this case went down. So, uh, with that being said, I had to like set it up here. Um, but our story takes place in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh in the late 1950s. Um so we're going to travel back in time here. Uh Lincoln had a population of under 100,000 people at the time, uh mostly known for its farming communities, very uh, small, you know, small towns and cities. Uh but basically a city where everybody knew each other, and, but the outskirts were growing, mostly cornfields, stuff like that. So it wasn't a big uh, you know, um, big big uh city type deals more of your outskirts type of city so nebraska was growing but but that's how it was back then
1: i've what? been there i've been to nebraska and it's pretty open
0: flatland right yeah corn huskers yeah the corn huskers you're right um but you hear these crime episodes all the time uh on podcasts and sleepy towns and things like that um, you always hear when they say, Oh, you know, back in the day, we used to leave our doors unlocked and uh, having a you know, safe area to live in. So people, people trusted everything. And um, so these people, unfortunately, in the story, you'll, you'll see, you know, how, how trusting these people were. And, and unfortunately, the repercussions of what happens of being nice people, you know, in a safe area. And uh, being an w- unfortunate uh, victim to a, a psychopath. But uh, yeah. in, the, in the words of a huge douche, I know, to get the story started, welp. <laughs> <laughs> you <11, bro. laughs> <I don't laughs> know where that
2: was from? Don't be so disrespectful of Todd.
0: <laughs> I do mean huge, by the way. Um, <laughs> hey,
2: man. <laughs> I don't, don't that. know.
0: <laughs> That's an inside joke, but I had a of
1: Yeah, me I
2: had a I,
0: you're very disrespectful there, Tommy. <laughs> we'll tell you after, Gabby. We'll tell you. After.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the person in question, Charles Starkweather. I don't know if you heard of Starkweather. him. Starkweather. Stark.
1: Starkweather. Stark. Interesting.
0: Yeah, he's. This is a guy that. Um, that name is is very very um like uh, you don't hear that too much, but Starkweather sounds like a rich, powerful person. Correct. Sounds like a Jedi or something. <laughs> Jedi.
1: sounds like iron man
0: <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> iron man he's got his own company and everything <laughs> um, that's a complete opposite um his family life was paycheck to paycheck struggling blue-collar family mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of kids things like that so that was if, if you wanted to look up blue-collar struggling family paycheck to paycheck what i just described it, it was basically the starkweathers Ugh. His, uh, his father, um, you know, Guy was his name. So Guy Starkweather and Helen Starkweather struggled to keep jobs uh, during this time. Uh, Guy, because of his arthritis, and he had rheumatoid arthritis. Um, and in that time, you know, in the 50s, you know, that's hard, hard to have arthritis with a limited amount of pain medication and the knowledge of, the, you know. Very true.
2: That's very true.
0: Yeah. And imagine, dude back then without the medication and having to be like doing something physical like plumbing that's that's what his dad was doing (laughs) damn
1: Damn, that's been painful
0: yeah so there'd be times where he just couldn't work he was in too much pain um and then the mom she was you know if if she wasn't uh you know working at uh you know at the local restaurants or because she was a waitress she was pumping Mm -hmm. out kids like every other year um They had seven kids.
1: Dang, they were bored.
0: Yeah, One more, my mom and dad. Huh? Yeah, guy was like, "Hey, what's on TV?" No, stop it, man. <laughs> And then and then Helen's like, "Nothing." And then guys like, "Well, let's go make some babies." And how did she answer, Todd? She's all, "Mm-hmm." <laughs> I thought you were going well. oh,
1: no, yeah. to say, "Well, oh yeah."
0: Say I. Oh yeah, I you're being very disrespectful to the Stark weather sir the pull out method was not part of their routine oh they didn't believe in pulling out at nothing <laughs> except babies yeah, exactly. well the baby's done being delivered the Stark will be coming <laughs> about nine months alright <laughs> oh my goodness that was sexy talk afterwards by the way oh, uh, oh wow Seven years.
1: They probably made another baby after that
0: Pretty much <laughs> Them people are fertile Just like the land of corn <laughs> uh, So Charles was born The third out of the seven um, He was born November 24th 1938 oh, um,
1: These November weirdos
0: Yes another November I
1: guess, I guess I'm a weirdo then That, that settles it
0: You, you know we should have did Gabby We should have wrote down all the November serial killers She's probably,
2: November's probably been the most. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, I'm about November. i didn't even
2: start making a list now. Todd, if something (laughs) happens to me.
0: (laughs) You know, we know who's a culprit. We know who the culprit. Look at the months. (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, that's the thing. I I didn't really even think about it until, like, you know, a couple months prior in one of our episodes that Gabby brought it up. I'm like, you know, she's right. So. But, uh. This one's weird too because he wasn't. He didn't. He he didn't have no traumatic injuries as a kid. You know, we have to. Whenever we profile a serial killer, we talk about the tendencies, the wetting the bed, the the killing of animals, wow. you know, traumatic, you know, brain issues or drug issues. None of that. He was just a quiet kid, um, unassuming. Um, got picked on in high school or j- junior high and in, 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 uh, elementary, but. Not much after that, um, because the only thing they could get at him was for his bow-legged. He was a little bow-legged, you know, where your legs are crooked? Hmm. So, there was, you know, and then back then, again, we're going back to a time where now all these kids are snowflakes, and you say one thing about a kid, and then they, you know, they run to the teacher, and then the kid that said, hey, you know, I don't like your hair, it's like, oh, you're suspended for two weeks. You know, like, or you say any, anything related to the person's, you know, gender or race. It's like, boom, you're, you're gone from school. Like, back then, they don't understand kids today. I mean, you could say anything and just rip them up one side and down the other. And then the teachers lie. Hey, you just got to defend yourself. You know, get out there and punch them in the face. And then you punch them in the <laughs> face. You're suspended. You know, like, you lose, lost them, either way. Or they get swats. What happened? Or they gave them some swats there you go yeah i mean there was like back then it's like you gotta you you gotta stick up for yourself no one was gonna stick up for you you know yeah at all yeah so uh, unfortunately though the bow-legged comets would keep coming fast and furious when he got into high school though and um he was starting to get, get tired of it so he got a little you know a little older and a little bigger and instead of um You know, stopping the trend and getting people to stop picking on him, he reinforced his dominance and started to bully other people. So he didn't learn anything from the bullies. He turned turned the bullying around to the people he could bully. So he turned into a bully. Wow. Yeah. So he was mad at
1: me when, when kids get picked on and bullied. I understand, like, you get mad and you've had enough, and then you start beating them up or, or, you know, hitting back and stuff, but turning into one and abusing other kids, that's so sad.
0: It is. It is. And uh, you could tell he wasn't happy with himself, a lot of people would say. And um, he came into his own. um, He graduated high school, and he began to work as a uh, a, a garbage man. So... Hmm. <clears throat> and then in 1955, shortly before he graduated high school, and we'll go back a little bit. You ever heard of the movie uh, *Rebel Without a Cause*?
1: Oh, no.
0: Okay, it was a it was a famous actor. If you look him up, uh, James Dean. He he kind of died tragically, like the dude from uh, *Fast and Furious* racing cars. Um, back then in the 50s, he was slick back hair, white wife beater, tank top type shirt. Um. The whole the whole uh, leather jacket, uh tight you know uh denim jeans and boots, and he had the cigarette. It was just a cool look back then because it was opposite of the whole straight up pocket protector glasses, you know, combed <laughs> hair, you know what I mean like like squared kid, you know like James Dean looked like a, a true rebel without a cause like he like he like he's living the, the life he wants to. You know, what's
2: that guy? What's that guy from uh, Back to the Future? Uh, Biff.
0: Biff, sort of. No, no. Actually, James Dean looked cooler than Biff. Biff, really? still, Biff as uh, as a bully in Back to the Future was still square looking compared to James. Just Google James Dean. He's, I would? Yeah, he died too young in real life. He, uh, Dang. Same same way the dude from uh, Fast and the Furious. Right when his career was getting going, he died in a car accident. So. Dang. Uh, yeah. But uh, this guy, Starkweather, uh, his senior year and beyond, would start uh, mimicking him. He starts slicking his hair back with the oil and the grease. Uh, got himself a leather jacket because, you know, his parents weren't going to pay for that. Um, mm-hmm. Got the denim jeans, rolled up the cuffs on the bottom, <clears throat> you know, wore the boots, got a chain wallet. Like he was just all into it. <clears throat>
1: I used to like that look.
0: Yeah, it was like the Rebel look. And I think in the. Early two thousands or something like that. Or... Uh, uh,
2: yeah, I
0: know some people used to wear it like that. Early two thousands. Yeah. yeah. So he's, you know, and it's a good look. I mean, if you could pull it off. But anyway, um, nineteen fifty eight. He's nineteen years old at this point, and the second person that's gonna pop into our our uh, our show and the case is Carolyn Fugit. Fugit. Fugit yeah That's they had name. them the names boy yeah she's like ah fugit <laughs> 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 but uh this this chick wasn't exactly a saint herself this is a problem she oh. once, she once told us a, a teacher for um you know that scolded her and got after her for not completing the assignment that uh, not that she's that she hates her or that uh, she can go to hell or something like that she's like, no, I'm gonna kill you.
2: <laughs> straight, up,
0: straight up death threat <laughs> he said fugue you yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> I'll fugue you so bad you will hit you <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but but here's the problem with this because uh, when two people meet up it's like oh man and especially when, when two people that are kind of diabolical or have these kind of tendencies because again these people are not on the per proverbial rails right here. They're kind of both off the tracks a little bit.
1: It doesn't go well.
0: Nope. Exactly. And uh the difference with these two as well is Starkweather Charles meets her when he's just about to turn nineteen years old and she's only thirteen, about to turn fourteen.
1: Dang, she was that young?
0: Dang. Yep. She was in junior high when he met her.
1: And she's already threatening a teacher?
0: Yep. Yep. And he's 19. And he's 19, yeah.
1: That's nasty.
0: There we have it. Yeah, he's going to the parents like, I want to date your daughter. And uh, they're all, all right, I'm not too happy about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they say. They, well, they say. do not well, care. Well, well, so, well, it's funny because Fugit's parents were, they were upset, but they weren't, like, telling him no as well. Like, he would come over to the house and everything. And then... Mm-hmm. um Starkweather's parents were like, well, he's 19 years old. He can do whatever he wants to. And that's like, <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, like those Literally. that don't agree with it, but don't interfere.
0: Perfect. Perfectly said, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, we have a date. We have- Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know what that means when we have a date? <laughs> what happens?
2: Something tragic.
0: Yes, unfortunately, it is the date of November thirtieth. So we stay in his favorite date, uh, oh. or his month. I'm sorry, uh, no- November thirtieth, nineteen fifty seven, is uh, Charles was stopping at a convenience store to buy a bit a gift for Carol because they had been seeing each other for a little bit now, and uh, you know he wanted to get her one of those monthly anniversaries. You know, like you know how the kids count like every month. Like it's- a month anniversary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been two and a half months anniversary. You gotta get me flowers or a card. <laughs> two and a half months?
2: <laughs> it's true. Yeah.
1: I've known people that do it like every month after they get married for the first year, but half months and you're dating...
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll be like, you know, remember no. that day it rained? It's Rain Day celebration. I mean, uh, it's a rain Day, celebration. So. You no know, of our of our relationship. I don't know. It was like the third time it rained on our on a date. It worked for. Could it. never understand that. Yeah, I don't. They find kids, especially or high schoolers, will find any kind of anniversary. I don't know. I saw that a lot. I did too. Yeah, uh, I'm probably not explaining it right, but anyway, we'll <laughs> move on. Move on. Um. But the gift he wanted to get her, he didn't have enough money to purchase it. So I guess he had spent a lot of that garbage money, literally. Uh, so <laughs> so he he didn't have enough, you know, to pay for things. So what do you think he did? He robbed the grocery store or the liquor store. Okay. Yeah,
1: threatened the clerk and got what he wanted.
0: Okay, you both are technically right, but not all the way. So I'll give you half points. Um. Well, uh, yeah, he first offered the gas attendant credit. He's all. <laughs> he pulled the whole thing from, uh, what is it, Popeye? Do you remember Popeye?
2: Uh, Popeye the Sailor, man.
0: Do you remember Wimpy? Wimpy, yeah. When he would be I'll like, I'll
2: pay you a burger on Tuesday
0: yep. for a hamburger today or something like that. He <laughs> okay, said, so I'll, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they always said, "No, so he offered credit. He's like, "I'll gladly pay you for that stuffed animal or whatever he was buying you know on another day and uh the attendant said, "Of course not, you know, like he's he's not interested in that. he can't do that. Robert Colvert was the attendant. he was only twenty one years old uh,
1: well that tells us everything,
0: yeah he um he said no, and Charles did not like this, so Charles just up and left and said, "You know, whatever." So he shut the door, and uh, you know, a couple days went by, and Charles had—or not a couple days went by, a couple hours went by—and Charles was stocking the the uh, liquor store and was, you know, checking out everything and making sure no one else was around. <laughs> and he went back in with a gun, and uh, <clears throat> he he ordered a robber to empty the register which uh, Robert did, and uh, Charles recouped $100, and he he said that wasn't enough, so he took Charles by gunpoint to his car and drove to a wide-open field. That doesn't sound good. No, at all. Nope. And uh, Charles, uh, newly married and uh, a father-to-be, was shot in the head at point-blank range with a shotgun. With a shotgun? Yep.
1: Ooh. Damn.
0: Yeah, he wouldn't survive to that. Wait, yep.
1: both their names are Charles?
0: No, Robert Robert was, I'm sorry. Rob, oh, Robert okay. was the attendant. They, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, but this gave Charles a mental high. And uh, if you saw the movie, you know, we'll go back to that movie, Natural Born Killers. Woody Harrelson's character just got it uh, like almost a sexual to a, just an emotional high of murdering somebody so that's this was good
1: when their first kill and then they get like that that's it it's yeah
0: ridiculous. he was he was salivating at the mouth he loved it so Ew. yeah um it's a shotgun to the head yo shotgun yeah and uh so when police got to the liquor store later on and figured out you know after someone came by and said hey there's no one working in the cash register and they called the cops the cops came down there And they investigated, they were looking around, and someone found the body in the field later on that day, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, the police, credit the police at the time, they weren't a lot of Johnsons at the time, but they were looking into it, and they were, you know, asking people about it and and doing their actual job. Um,
1: Wow.
0: Right? (laughs) With our our stories, right, Gabby? That never worked out. (laughs) Yeah. but uh they were investigating this case and they were pulling up leads they were they were but Charles never even though he had somewhat of a background of being a wild card was never interviewed so they basically interviewed most of Lincoln Nebraska on this case in the 2 months and never asked Charles never had him on the radar a- at all
1: damn
0: yeah. yeah and those 2 months would you know would uh <clears throat> Would go by with Charles, basically keeping himself in line, and for fear of the police, not wanting to lash out again. But he kept having dates, and you know, the hundred dollars went by pretty quick. And I guess he had bills, or he wasn't working all that much. Um, he started, you know, started running out of money. So he was planning on doing something again to to make up for that loss of cash. But um, we have another date because uh, trouble would start again in uh, January of 1958, January 21st, to be exact. And this this is where all hell would break loose, guys. Only Uh,
1: like a month and a half later?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Nearly two months. Yeah. So um, he would uh, go over to her family's house. Um, you know, to have dinner, and um, he goes over to uh to to uh hang out with his stepfather Marion Bartlett. He had a different name because the wife had remarried, and uh, what was the one? And Velda, Velda was um Carolyn's mother. Um, she was she was under Vel- Velda Bartlett at the time, but you know, Fugit was her maiden name, or. Hmm. or previous marriage i'm sorry Mm. and they're over there and they're at the at their house which is like a pretty big farmhouse pretty big you know ranch style home just nice plot of land and everything and we don't have the content of the argument or what led up to it but at some point during the dinner or after the dinner there was some argument and speculation is because it was something to do with their relationship. I guess maybe Carolyn's family was over it. Um, but there was some sort of argument that broke out. And uh, just like any wussy, and a guy who's tasted blood at the time, and a murderer that he is, he just went for the gun right away. Dang. And he shot her stepfather point blank in the head. Oh my god! Yeah, and here's where it gets uh really disturbing, and so again, this is a uh, listen like Maddie said, listener discretion is advised at this point. So he shoots the father, stepfather, in the head, point blank. He's down. He's down. Belda, which is his wife and her mom, starts to scream and plead for her life. Um, she is then. Uh, also shot in the face and the chest.
2: Oh. Velda?
0: Yeah, dropping her to the to the uh to the ground. Next, unfortunately, and this is where it's hard to stomach. She had a 2-year-old stepsister. Oh. Uh, yeah, 2-year-old stepsister and um she is she is now um I hate this she starts to scream out of, out of the pain of the you know seeing her her mom and dad go down with a gun because even at two years old almost three years old the kid's pretty smart with that or it can, can tell you know that there's danger yeah. or something horrific right mm-hmm. uh yeah charles went over there with a the butt of the gun and started to beat the oh, girl over the head um that wasn't enough uh, he began to uh, stab the girl in the throat what the heck
1: the hell is wrong with him
0: yeah so she dies um so why
1: did he shoot her if he was gonna kill her what the hell that's... he got like the most violent with a the child
0: the two year old yep
1: that's tacked up man. sick bastard
0: yep and then I he,
2: why his name was not brought up anymore
0: yeah yeah i mean it's that's that's truly evil and then he doesn't get enough of that he takes the, the same knife from the girl's throat and takes it over to the father's and begins to just stab the crap out of his throat even though he's already dead
2: oh,
0: what just, the heck? that's just over to kill now i hate to say it but at this point keep those details in your head there's a twist a oh, big, uh, big twist. So keep those in your mind for later. You know, okay. yeah. um, so what happens now after this is um, the two actually put a note on the front of the door of the house. And that's a big family, the Bartlett's. And they have people, neighbors and stuff, you know, again, it's back in the 50s. People visit each other. They don't you don't have cell phones. You don't have email. Um, Yeah. You just show up. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And these people are coming by the home and they're seeing a note saying, hey, stay away. The family's really sick. We'll get back in touch with you when we feel better. And some people are buying it, but some people aren't. And one of them is the mother for um, Velda. Uh, she's a little perplexed. So she knocks on the door one of the days that they're, that she comes by, like the third day. <clears throat> and uh, her granddaughter answers, which is Carol, and she says, the you know, repeats the same thing that's on the paper. And she's like, I don't think they're still sick. I want to talk to my daughter. How come I can't talk to my daughter? Where's your mother? And she just makes up an excuse. And so the grandmother says, well, you know what? I'm going to come back with the police because I think there's something going on here. And this is like five days later, right? Hmm. So at this point, the Starkweathers are like, you know what? Uh, Not Starkweather, but Charles is like, we got to get out of here. They're going to find out. And they've been living in this house with the bodies just sitting
1: there. How is she okay with this?
0: Oh, we'll get to that. We will get to that. So what happens is they take the body of her mother and... They put it in the outhouse, which if you don't know what an outhouse is, you go to the bathroom, outside bathroom. Outside bathroom back then it was like a wooden thing with a hole. You take a dump <laughs> into this, like, you know, <laughs> to this, like, I guess we're uh, latrine or whatever on the bottom. There's like really no plumbing. You, you wind up like draining it later if you do drain it at all, but usually it just goes into this big hole.
1: They dumped her in there.
0: Shoved the body after wrapping her in a blanket in the hole of the outhouse, outhouse to where she fell into the the waste, the human waste. Oh. Yeah. Then they took her.
2: That
1: is so disrespectful.
0: It is. It's very disrespectful. Um, then they took the um, the body of her, her stepsister and put it in a box and put it over the top of the outhouse hole, not in the hole but over the top that Mm -hmm. is so wrong yep and then also uh, they took uh, the father and took him to the chicken coop and tried to bury him under the hay and the chickens inside the chicken coop
1: wow Mm
0: -mm -mm. Mm -mm. so all this before leaving so like Gabby said
2: how is she okay with all this oh
0: go ahead
2: i'm just saying that's her people's like how is he how is she okay with this
0: well let me ask you guys do you think at this point she's a hostage or a willing participant
2: being that she witnessed him killing all of them and she sees that he ain't scared to use the gun i'm gonna say she's a hostage okay
1: i'm split because you said earlier that she was twisted just like him
2: yeah, but I don't think she's that twist.
1: Um, I don't know. I'm split, but I'm gonna go for the opposite. She's participant.
0: Okay, we'll hold on to those answers as we move along here. So on the twenty seventh, the police found the horrific scene. So this is like I think six days later. Um, because a grandma came back with the police, and they did a wellness check back even back then. And uh, it made the news because they could not believe the bodies and where they were found. They searched the property. and Because obviously they walked in there. These idiots didn't do a good job anyway of cleaning the blood. There was blood and the shells of the gun. So they knew that someone got murdered there. So they eventually searched the property and found all three bodies. And,
1: oh, dear.
0: Yeah, so this turned into a huge thing. So now you had the, the Nebraska Highway Patrol, that just every you know the, the police surrounding cities. They're all looking for for Charles and uh, Fugit now because they're 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 figuring okay Charles has stole the daughter, um, they're on the run. He's got a hostage. You know we need to we need to get this piece of crap as fast as possible. <clears throat> but at the time when they're investigating that house, uh, the uh, Charles and his girl uh, Carol. They go down the road and their car gets stuck in this like little muddy area it must have just rained or you know just the car just gets into a ditch where it's either they lost control or just got stuck and um, Charles it was the next city over in Bennett Nebraska and uh, he realized that he had a family friend that he could he uh, that you know he used to go fishing with with his father and he's like, I need, you know, we can go hang out over at August's house. He was a German, August Meyer. Um, he had a farmhouse. He's like, let's go to the Meyer's house. We can go over there. We, you know, we can hang out. I know him, and so he grabbed uh, Carol, and they they went over there. They knocked on the door. Uh, August answers the door, and uh, he he says, Yeah, come on in. And uh, August turns his back to Charles. And Charles unloads a shot right in the back of his head. And Jesus drops, Christ. He drops, yeah, he drops him right then and there. Damn, and, and
1: that was your friend?
0: That was, yeah, that was like another uncle to him, but not family related. You know what I mean? Like, he used to go on fishing trips, hunting trips when he was a kid. Uh, he learned a lot from this guy, and uh, he didn't care. He just shot him in the back of the head and then proceeded to shoot his uh, trusty dog that tried to attack oh. Charles right after
2: so this dude is just bloodlust.
0: Yeah, at this point it's, uh, again, it's turning into a sexual high, not, I I can't say sexual high, but like an emotional, like thrill, thrill kill. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so he, they rummaged, they left his body on the floor right where they shot him, didn't try to move him, nothing like that. Um, they would eat the food, they would hang out, um, sleep there for the night and, uh, and, and basically searched the home for more weapons and uh, things that they could take you know on their way um so he he would leave the um the the farmhouse to go back for the car but the car was not moving still so they had to come back to uh you know to the to the farmhouse but it was getting it was getting late at this time cuz you know they spent the whole day over at a ghost house So they were like, you know what, we got to get, you know, we got to get a ride. We got to get a car from somebody. So as they were going to walk back to um, the Myers house, which was August house, um, they unfortunately ran into or unfortunately for these two, they ran into uh, a couple, which was Robert Jensen, 17, and they were fiancés, 17 Jensen and 16 year old girlfriend carol king uh they were driving down the road and offered them a ride so being on you know really nice people in a nice area or you know unsuspecting area they're like oh look at these two people they're out around eight nine o'clock at night they need a ride let's let's pull over okay
1: and that's why like you can't you can't pick up nobody
0: exactly and uh you know they they get picked up, and at the next day, you know, in the morning, a friend of August comes over again, and they find him in the doorway, shot in the head. Uh, police search the house, and uh, here's where it sucks too. As they search August's house that next day, they would find uh, August in the doorway again, and Robert Jensen. The the teenager, seventeen year old, with six gunshots to the back of the head in the storm, in the storm shelter. He was thrown down into the storm shelter
1: with Dang. the same shotgun. Uh, yes. Oh my god! These, so these people, like six to the head, that must have been a really jacked up scene.
0: Yeah, yeah. His body was twisted too at the bottom of the storm shelter. So when they went down there to pick up or try to recover the body or try to you know check on the body and see if they could find evidence, in the side of the storm shelter, like off to the side, was the body of his girlfriend and uh, fiance. Uh, She was also shot in the head. However, it's a little, again, a little graphic here. She was uh, half naked from the waist down. She was shot twice in the back of the head uh, Charles attempted to rape her, but couldn't. So disturbing about that even more is the fact that when they checked her vaginal area, her um, vaginal area was mutilated and stabbed all over, several times with a knife, almost like thirty times. Her oh
2: vaginal God. area.
0: Yes, her vaginal. She was
1: already dead when he was trying to rape her
0: uh we will get into that but not oh. at this point yeah I, I i gotta get to those details later um but she was she was stabbed all over her vagina and crotch area like violently not just like you know poking at her or whatever but it was described as violent oh hey.
1: god
0: yeah <clears throat> so um well i might as well get into it now since we're right on it but um the stabbings would be debated for a long time after this and was and the truth was never really um revealed on this because there was uh conflicting s- stories about what happened and conflicting statements but the police believe that Starkweather tried to rape her and he couldn't get it up cuz that's been established but um They don't think it was Starkweather who did the stabbing on her as a fit of rage. They think because Carol was there and she was upset the fact that Starkweather was trying to be intimate with another woman, that she did the mutilation.
1: Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's possible.
0: Yeah, that's the debate right there. So, um... Yeah, so the police were investigating this and and uh you know <clears throat> at the same time, you know, later on that day, the next, you know, the next day, schools, the students around before lunchtime were being told to go home. Like 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 they were trying to, you know, send people home because now you got a maniac out there. There's there's now seven dead bodies, you know, in a short period of time. So the police are driving around telling people to lock their doors. You know, it's Lincoln, Nebraska, you know, if you don't have a gun, if you have uh, multiple guns, give one to a neighbor that doesn't have one. Arm yourself, lock your doors. Uh, the dang, back, dang! Yeah, they're, they're they're tripping because they don't know if these people are still in town, you know, and they don't want any more bloodshed. And now the you know you got also posse's forming of guys like, hey, let's get into Max's truck and drive down the street. You get Jim Bob, Billy Bob, Joe Bob, Yo Bob. <laughs> and get in the back of the truck and we'll just take shotguns and start shooting at random things all right you forgot billy bob <laughs> <laughs> there you go a lot of billy bobs you tell billy one to billy two so <laughs>
2: they
0: were armed to a t they were like we're not gonna let this happen you know
2: i'm not gonna lie if i was living in a small town like that or a town like that where you know uh a maniac is loose i probably would call you up todd and gathered gather the troops and be like, hey, let's go get this dude.
0: Yeah, I mean, because now it's like, shoot the kill, man. These guys need to yeah. die. Yeah,
2: because they, they're showing no remorse.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing, though. These guys do the right thing. The police are doing the right thing. They actually put up roadblocks and, and you know, the public's out there in those pickup trucks we described and they're, they're they're searching the neighborhoods. problem is Charles and Carol go to the rich end of the area on the way opposite side of town. So they're in an area that they're not expecting them to be in. So the the problem with this is they broke into a home with, of a well-known well industrialist. He owned his own company, rich guy, 47-year-old uh, C. Lowell Ward. Um, he returned home from work, and uh, his wife and maid were all at home. And, uh, you know, he's a very important company man. You know he's got he's got to be at work he's got to run the you know he's a well-known guy so uh the next day when uh he didn't check in to work didn't come in it was late in the afternoon they sent an assistant down there you know the guy that always pulls the coffee for the the front room you know the the, the people the,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: the temporary person uh he went down there to check in on the family and check in and see maybe what happened with c uh c lao and um he went down there, and he saw Mr. Ward in his, uh, what is it, front door, dead of a gunshot wound to the back of the head um, in a pool of blood. He's, he's on, the, on the floor in his little walkway leading into the uh, front door of the house.
1: Oh, that's sad.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the police would come real quick. And they would find uh, after they found uh, Mister Ward in his uh, front front room house, or the front door. Sorry, <coughs> um, they found uh, also his wife upstairs with stab wounds to the neck, chest, back, but in overkill fashion. So, oh, we're talking about like psycho status, you know, the movie where it's like re re re, you know, like she stabbed crazy, like. Again, it's overkill. They're using aggressive, violent terms of how these people are killed. Dang. Yeah.
2: So how many How many has he killed so
0: far? Well, this is nine so far. This is nine. And the tenth one would be the maid. Um, She appeared to suffer. Again, these murders are not all the same. The maid was found tied up to the bed, the wooden bed, you know. Um, she had stab wounds all over her chest, some superficial, some deep, um, and then she had some on her throat as well, just like the father, you know, stepfather. And uh, there was a knife that, uh, or knife wounds that were pre uh, on her arms and legs that were pre-death, pre-mortem. So she was tortured, okay. you know, okay. and there and there the uh, they weren't. Confirming, but there, there might have been some sexual things with her as well.
2: But he couldn't get it up.
0: Yeah, I mean, but she was tied up in torture. I mean, that sucks, man.
1: How old was she?
0: Uh, she was in her mid 30s.
2: Oh, man.
1: Dang, she was young. Mm-hmm.
0: So, again, now the mayor is freaking out because now you got 10 dead bodies within maybe a 48 hour period or less. So um and this is a town that you know probably would get one every 3 months, 4 months, something like that.
1: Um uh, if I lived there I'd be freaking out already too.
0: Yeah, I mean now now it's just it's blowing up, you know. So the mayor puts out a call. He actually calls local government and asks and request uh or not local government. Part. Yeah, he he requests the National Guard. He, he makes he makes a phone call to the uh the capital actually.
2: It's crazy. They you don't know how many people are involved in this point
0: like nobody knows
2: but yet this only one man is causing this much terrorism in this town
0: yep and that's that's, that's crazy right and this is and again this is the 50s man this stuff's not supposed to be happening I mean no unfortunately nowadays we live in such a violent uh, you know, a world where you know this can come on a daily know, so someone kills like 25 people in a mass shooting. It's like, damn, that sucks. There's prayer vigils, but then we move on, you know, like a, like a few days. Yeah, a day. yeah. Know? This kind of case stuck with this town forever, you know, and it still leaves a, a you know a black eye on this community. But, yeah, but yeah, this was crazy back in the day, and just like what you know, Carolyn had brought up, you know, and the message she wrote me was. You know, yeah, the, the, the guy's cousin. Was, you didn't want to say Starkweather because it was like a curse word. Yeah. Um, but, but they stole they stole the Ward's Packard, which is a very nice car for the day. It was a 1956 black Packard, and uh, they started heading toward towards Wyoming. So they were leaving Nebraska as the whole state of uh, Nebraska was freaking out about them. Uh, they were driving into Wyoming, but the Wy- but the car was too nice for Wyoming because Wyoming's like a country area, you know. No one's driving around with that. They're still mostly on horseback back then. Yeah, yeah. So um, Charles wanted to get a better car, and uh, he came across a 37 year old tra- traveling salesman by the name of Merrill Collison. And uh, he asked uh, Meryl, he woke him up from a deep sleep because the guy had been driving all night trying to support his family and sell, I don't know, whatever traveling salesman sold back in the day. Um, and he woke him up with nine shots to the chest and head. Dang! <laughs> yeah, he obliterated this dude in his own car and then dragged his body out of the car and threw him in a ditch. And you got blood and guts, skull fragments all over the, you know, the front seat. And he just sits in there calmly and was trying to start the car up. Oh, yeah, man, this, he's so this,
1: nasty. This
0: guy is just sick. Yep. Now, here's, here's, uh, here's, here's where it gets kind of crazy, too, because being the 50s, Wyoming, you know, the cars pulled over and they see a, a young girl out over there, too, right next to him. It looks like he's trying to get the car going, but he can't release the emergency brakes, so he's struggling. He's getting pissed. You know, a little uh, a geologist who's in the area, 27-year-old Joe Sprinkle, he, he walks over, and uh, what do you think happens?
2: Yeah, I'm going to say he tries to help the guy, and then upon discovery, he sees the dead body. And then he gets shot by Charles.
1: What he said?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to agree. No. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why y'all being so disrespectful?
0: <laughs> well, what happens there is a twist because this is one of the twists of the story. Um, yeah, Joe goes over there like the good Samaritan and everything is leading to what you guys were talking about. He should he should get shot and killed because this guy is just trigger happy, right? Mhm. But uh Joe is he's he's a uh, sort of the kind of guy that's tired of being picked on. So when Charles puts points the shotgun to him and says, "Okay, buddy, you're dead." And you know, like I want your car or help me right here and then I'm gonna kill you. He's he's had something snapped in Joe, and he's like, "Nah, screw you!" And he grabs the gun, and it goes off, but it misses him. And he's oh. he's in a fight now, and and Charles Charles is not winning the fight. You know, Joe's oh. pushing him back. They're you know, and so she's freaking out. And as they're fighting, out of nowhere, here comes a highway patrolman, just out of nowhere. And he come and he and he sees you know two men fighting with a gun. He comes out, starts shooting his gun in the air like, yeah, pop, pop, pop. (laughs) Hey, you two, stop it. And then uh, Carol comes over and says, hey, that's the Starkweather guy. He's trying to kill me. And so she runs towards a a squad car and kind of hunkers down. The officer tries to break things up. Joe lets go of the gun, and so does Charles. And Charles runs into the, uh, the Packard. The, the car they were driving before and he starts taking off and then we got ourselves a good old fashioned car chase. Uh now the Wyoming police officer or, or highway patrolman gets on the radio and says, Hey God it guy we got we got they're all like Speak Speak American and then he's like We've got oh, a car chase. Oh yeehaw and there's like <laughs> ten more cops that come over and they, they they get into this long you know chase with him. And Sweet. uh yeah, there, there's uh, so there's like five or six cars actually that are chasing him, and uh, it's not like the car chases today. They're they're letting loose with them the bullets, man. They're they're shooting as they're driving down these these roads. Oh, that's care. a wild,
2: wild chase, man, huh?
0: Yeah, they're not caring that uh, there could be potential people in harm's way. They're like, shoot them shoot <laughs> <laughs> so them No to, like, pit maneuvers on this one. Uh, no pit maneuvers at all. They're just shooting at about seventy-five to eighty miles per hour. Dang. Yeah, and so um, this is the weirdest one, though. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't care about, you. you would think about his life. He's just snuffed out all these people. And as they're shooting at him, the weirdest thing happens. A bullet pierces the back of the car, goes into, you know, where he's at. It just grazes the side of his head and maybe takes a little chunk of his earlobe off. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that triggers him to stop the car. He's like, I don't want to die. And he stops. What? Just like that. Man.
1: So the girl. My mind is still on how the girl said, That's a Starkweather guy who's trying to kill me. She flipped
2: on him. And well. And
1: I'm wondering, I'm wondering if she really was a victim. Or she did that so that she wouldn't get blamed for anything.
0: Well, let's get into that. So as they arrest him, they don't they don't keep shooting at him because he puts up his hands. He pulls over the whole nine. Uh, this is a media story from all over the nation. I mean, people come in that they, they want to see this thing. Uh, the National Guard actually has to come in to beat off the people from the courthouse because you know everyone wants to keep, keep it. You know catch an eye the newspapers are covering it so it's huge because you have 11 dead 10 and 8 days you know the other victim was 2 months prior and now you have you know as this case goes to court the next year in between that like Gabby said they were investigating Carol and they were finding holes in her stories and Mm -hmm. initially Charles said it's not her it's all me I did everything. I kidnapped her, blah, blah, blah. But as they were trying to interrogate her and just try to figure out where her head was and and how she felt about... She didn't show any remorse for her mother, didn't show any remorse for her stepfather, nor her uh, sister-in-law. Or not sister-in-law, half-sister.
2: Half-sister, yeah.
0: And uh, she was not traumatized by the other murders. At first, she tried to play it off, but... She just had no emotion so police and investigators went back to charles and finally they said hey you know you're gonna get this this and that and they were giving him you know basically saying hey you're gonna get the death penalty you know you're taking the heat for all this stuff he flipped it and said no she's the one that stabbed the girl in the vagina she's the one she's the one get this who beat her half sister I finished her off. She beat her initially with the butt of the gun. Oh, yes. Wow. She was a willing participant in the couple as well, uh, killing them as well. She's. Uh, he said that he that she had unloaded a couple bullets into uh, Jensen's head. So, Dang. yeah, this was not looking good for either one of them. <clears throat> um, she in in court. Uh, as a case drawn on, she, she, uh, Charles was, uh, given the death penalty. He copped to everything, even though, you know, uh, or even though he pleaded guilty, not at first, but he, uh, or he pleaded guilty at first, but then went uh, innocent. And then they had the trial. He was found guilty. Uh, Charles would then also turn state's witness, even though he had nothing to lose, nothing to win. And he went against Carol in court and testified that she was a willing participant, that she was not um, innocent. She showed no emotions, was not uh, by her lawyer allowed to take the stand. And um, she was given life in prison. Mm. Life in prison. Um, So uh, almost, you know, these... The two cases would be, uh, you know, finished in court November twenty first, nineteen fifty nine. Nearly a year uh, after everything began, um, Charles' last uh, meal was uh, two cold cut sandwiches and a Coca Cola. Really? Yeah. So, what do you think his last words were? Uh, probably something like
2: a uh, John Wayne Gacy, kiss my, you know what. <laughs>
0: Gabby? No. <laughs> oh oh you had another one?
1: No, no I don't know. Go, babe.
0: No,
2: honestly, he probably was I don't know. He, he seemed kinda evil, so he probably just said, um Yeah, kiss my, eye. <laughs> okay, that's my head. sorry.
1: Based on your guys' inside joke, I'm gonna say he said, Well <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
2: no, all folks.
0: No. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fitting, but uh, actually, his last words as he was let to the electric chair, mind you, that electric chair. Good. Good. Yeah, he he died a uh, painful death, but uh, his last words was, "What's your rush?"
1: Wow. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's
1: some nerve.
0: Some. <laughs> Wait till you see pictures of this a hole. How was, long
1: did it take before he was convicted to him being killed?
0: Uh, just over a year.
1: Mm-hmm. Why don't they do these things right away? I don't get that.
0: Well, actually, you know what? No, I, I take that back. Uh, November twenty first, fifty nine, was when he was sentenced. On June twenty fifth, nineteen fifty nine. So you're looking at uh, what eight months? So under a year. He was put fifty nine of November. He was convicted. Yeah, and then June twenty fifth, he was uh, he was put to death of next of the following year following year i'm sorry yeah sorry oh, okay <laughs> i was about that say you went backwards bro <laughs> he got in his delorean and he then his... <laughs> yeah dang so, so yeah he was he was put to death right there um so carol would start her let's talk about her though she would start her life sentence 1959 shortly after her trial um, and she was being found guilty, and she would be moved to York, Nebraska, which was at the time the only maximum security gel in in uh, Nebraska. So she was she was moved over there. Um, so as she went over there to serve her life sentence, would she or would she not serve her life sentence? I must say she did not. I agree. Well, you two would be right. (laughs)
1: Damn! What? What?
0: What Please tell me.
1: Tell me some. She got
2: killed in jail.
0: (sighs) Nope.
1: No way. It got overturned.
0: She was a model inmate. Oh God! Nice. She did good things for that maximum security. She was so nice to the to the parole board, and also. She was very nice. First off, how do you get parole on a life sentence? Exactly. You're found, and and she she. This is a, something that's pissed off people to this day because she found sympathy from people saying that no no no, the police got it wrong, and there was this internal struggle inside the jail community and also the public that she was a a, a unwilling participant. Like she was forced to do something. So if she did do some stuff, it was she was forced. No one wanted to say she was a willing participant or they didn't. There was a majority of people that said, no, give her a chance. You know, it was all the monster's fault. You know, she's been a great inmate since she's been there. But again, she never showed the emotion that someone innocent would show if they were innocent. Yeah. So
1: I think he would have caught on to that if she had. If she felt bad about her family and what happened and she feared him. He would have seen right through her. Correct. And he would have killed her. Yes. I don't think that she would have lasted. So it's obvious that if she lasted that long, it's because she clearly didn't give a damn. And he knew that.
0: Yep. Oh, let me just correct something real quick. It was November 25th, 1958, that they um, that uh, they were sentenced. And, and then, uh, you know, 1959, June 25th was when he was put to... Put to death, so it's fifty-eight Uh-oh. to fifty-nine. Yeah, sorry about that, but you're absolutely right um, on that one, Gabby. And uh, she would serve eighteen years out of a. Eighteen years, yes.
1: Hey, man. So that piece of trash is out there.
0: Well, let's get to what uh, what she's been up I, to. I said. think I think she's dead. Really? Okay. I, I think she's dead. Well, she would be released June twentieth, nineteen seventy-six. Uh fugit would go on to marry a worker uh, from the National Weather Service in two thousand seven. Makes she, sense. She was dating the Stark weather.
1: <laughs>
0: oh my god, that was such a reach. Did you hurt yourself, Matt? Reaching <laughs> you for that joke. <laughs> oh, <geez>. Proceed. So <laughs> oh, yeah, how do I follow that up? Um <laughs> But it, but she had retired a few years earlier uh, from a janitorial spot, so she had, you know, just before the, uh, you know, she she got married to this guy, um, she would retire, so she was already like having a somewhat of a pension, you know, and, and then wow. she marries a guy with a good job. Um, the two would be married up until 2013, and uh, call it karma, call it whatever you want, but they the yep. two. Guys, I
1: already two, know. Where you're- Oh, go ahead to remember the details of them stabbing the neck of the dad and the girl
0: well that's that part of it that part of what we talked about was whether or not you believe that she was innocent or not because the stabbings you know could have been her and 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 a lot of people believe it's charles there's, the jury is still out on this like because there's no dna uh, you know that you know There's no showing that she had knife wounds on her hands, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We don't know. He say, she say. But that's
1: because it happened after they were dead.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that's that's still debatable to this day. But I'm under the impression that she's just as guilty. You know, from what I've seen, her actions afterwards and during – I think she played the part to just save herself, but when it didn't work, she's like, all right. And she just went with it. (laughs) And, uh, but uh,
2: opportunists.
0: Yeah. And you would think, you know, she's got a great life. You know, she's it's 2013. She's married to this guy for, you know, working on a decade or at least, you know, seven years or whatever Mm -hmm. and living nice living the life. And she got away with murder literally. And, um, but she gets into a serious car accident with her husband Mm. and her husband dies. Mm. Yeah. He dies in the car accident. And so she's widowed in 2013. And as of in 2020, she tried to apply for the, um, and this is the part that pissed off family members of the survivor or the survivors or the family members of those that died. She applied to the, Nebraska board of pardons to try to get her uh, past erased as far as her criminal record. Oh no! And the families put up a huge stink about that, and it was withheld. So, so she did not; she was not allowed to um, get clear her her record. Clear her record, and that was in 2020. And uh, she, this douchebag, is still alive and well in parts unknown at this point we don't know where she's living uh, this to me, murderer is still out there
1: I thought when you said it karma, someone
2: got her that's what I thought, I thought maybe she got stabbed or, you know she ended up losing her life some somehow, some way
0: I think that would have been good for the families of the victims and I'm not wishing death upon anybody even a which I think is a piece of trash in her at this point. But I think karma was losing that good life. She had, she had mm-hmm. a really good setup with this guy and once he died, she kind of lost everything. So where she's living now is kind of a debatable. No one really knows. She, I'm pretty sure she changed her name too. So, uh, but the, yeah, that's where we're at with this. Is she's still alive. You know, I don't think nobody cares either
1: How does somebody get a life sentence And then behave good for 18 years And get released mm-hmm. After what a gruesome Disgusting person they are Yeah How to build people
0: And she had Oh go ahead sorry
1: No I'm saying like your own family Like if you can't trust this person with a family of her own, what makes these morons think that she could be trusted with society?
0: Yep, and that's that's and that's the thing. Unfortunately, she had a lot of people in her corner at the time, thinking that she was too young. She even if she did do it, she was manipulated. To give her a chance, and maybe some of those people in their minds were proven uh, right later on. Because as far as we know, she's never offended since. But like in the movie, you know, the uh, Woody Harrelson's uh, girlfriend is a willing participant because she gets off on it the same way he does. And cool. they go around murdering people like it's nothing. And, and, and it's just a high for them, adrenaline rush. And maybe that was her thing. With him gone, maybe that whole lust of adrenaline goes away and she's able to readapt maybe. But she got hooked up so many times. I mean, like after she gets like Gabby said the 18 years out of a life sentence she gets with a good custodial job like maybe something like Matt where it's like she's working it said she was working a janitorial spot but like maybe not high up like Matt you know as a, as far as like a um, supervisor or something like that but enough to get a pension you know and then she meets up with a guy with a good paying job and everything else like that nice home I mean she got I mean it's weird she lived two lives still is how does uh, how does someone who i mean and i'm all for
2: you know second chances and all that stuff i get it you know but how does someone who is a convicted murderer who's supposed to be on life gets out after only serving 18 on good behavior and end up in a good situation like that like you know usually it's deserving to those who deserve it. I, I'm not saying she was a horrible person afterwards, but I don't think she deserved that. She should have been serving life, because I, I, I'm with you, man. I think she did it. I think she was a willing participant, and she murdered, or participated in the murders of her family and other victims. She didn't deserve that good life.
0: I agree. And what do you guys think? I mean, that's the other thing that people, when they think about her and her should should you know, have been still serving her life sentence. Don't you think, guys? At some point, she could have ran from this guy or at least attempted to get away. I mean, they were dating. I
2: agree.
1: That that you're gonna stab somebody's vagina that many times. Take the knife and stab him in the neck.
2: Exactly. Hell has no fury. What's the what's the thing? Don't,
1: don't tell me that you you couldn't. Father trying, you poor little thing, but you never cried a tear for your family.
0: Exactly. A scorned woman, Matt, but yeah.
1: <laughs> off with her wing, too.
0: Uh, <laughs> that,
2: that's why I feel like she did it. You know, she saw him trying to penetrate another
0: woman, she flipped. I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, but like Gabby said too, like on your own family. I mean, damn. I mean that, that one right there is super low. And then those unsuspecting other people. And I agree with you, Matt, too. I mean, there's 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 I mean, she could have she could have stabbed him in the neck, like you said, like in the middle of the night when they're sleeping at, at that house with the bodies there. She could have easily snuck out and ran for help. Uh, but that's that's why the police were like, you know, it was never reported or never shown or she never said, or he never said that she was tied up at all. You know? Yeah. yeah. So that's, a, that's where that case is. And it's still and it's funny because in Nebraska, it's still debated to this day, whether she was a willing participant or not. When they talk about Starkweather and in Fugate, it's always Stark, was the mass murder. And then you have some people saying, well, I think she was guilty too. And then other people are like, she was a fine young girl. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. They'll be in
2: the woods.
0: Yep. I wonder what Marilyn Rice thinks. Yeah, well, she she said she's going to let a lot of her family uh, listen to this podcast and her friends because a lot of them grew up in this time, like in high school or junior high when it was going on. And she said it affected the entire community. So, a lot of her friends and family have vivid memories of that time period
2: now that you broke down the story very well Todd you did a great job I can understand why that name and how families didn't want to speak of that name and that a uh, teacher who was related to you know they didn't want to say his name either I, I get that because he did some
0: very gruesome things devil. yep <clears throat> So, and, and one out of seven last note I'll just bring up on this case Um. so he was one out of seven as we know but his six other siblings wound up to be very respectable people in the community. And when they had to move because of things getting dicey because of what their brother did. But for all indications, none of them had any issues whatsoever. They were regular, normal people functioning in society. Did they
2: have to change their name?
0: I believe a couple of them did. I would have. can't say all of them, but I know a couple of them did.
1: Yeah, I
2: would have, too. I I have no connection. Yeah, I would. I'm going to tell you honestly, I've never heard of or seen or bumped into anybody named Starkweather. So it's safe to say
0: they probably all changed their name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'll post some pictures of what the dude looked like, but he he did have that James Dean kind of look. And a cocky, I don't give a crap about the world. Like Fonzie? More, more. He looked like, like. Let's just say, if if Fonzie had a gun, and he would take it and shoot everyone at Happy Days, that would be, uh, that would be Starkweather. Wouldn't be called Happy Days. I <laughs> would. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the story. Dang.
1: So, how old is this hag now?
0: Uh, let me look her up because I do believe fourteen in nineteen thirty nine, right? Uh, well he was he was born in 38 uh you get uh it was five years so she if she was five years apart she was born in 43 43 in 2022 what is he like night uh you get 79 years old right now yeah 79 and if you yeah. see pictures of her she looks like she doesn't care either so
1: The system is jacked up. Mm-hmm. That is the stupidest thing ever.
0: I agree. And I don't get how she got uh, as a as a convicted felon. She got a nice pension. You know what I mean? Like, like, and she didn't even work that many years after she, you know, like, like she didn't work like. Again, she's seventy-nine now, and she retired in early uh, early two thousands. So, it's like she worked maybe what. It's
1: all wrong while the rest of us struggle these jerks that do like the stupidest things get off so easy.
0: Yep. Yep. So she's still living off of that somewhere. Mm. That murder. Yeah, that's not just one murder, you know, I mean, that's freaking 11 people. Maybe she's not maybe you can't tie in the 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 twenty one year old the first murder because you know she wasn't present for that one but she was present for ten other murders ten and her own family and two year old stepdaughter yeah
2: sister oh sister I'm sorry sister
1: the only explanation here is she got some damn hate because that was her stepdad and then her mom had a child with him they must have loved that child so much and she must have felt like the hated left that one. So, she took out that anger. Once he shot them, she just had to, like, release the anger with the stabbing.
0: I can see that. That's a good point. I can see that. Jealous rage. Yep.
1: It's Mm. not this child's fault. If you're mad at your parents, like, she's two.
0: Yep. Mm. That kid would have been almost 68 years old today. Hmm didn't get a chance to live so very very depressing story
2: it is especially when it involves kids yep well thank you Todd for breaking down that story for us today sir even though it's a very touching story and thank you Marilyn Wright for the recommendation we, uh, we thank everyone for listening in and if you guys have any recommendation that you want us to share, just uh, let us know by leaving us a comment on our Facebook and Instagram page. Uh, just type in Grinding True Crime Podcast. There you can follow our page, like our page, and uh, comment on our page. And, and like I said, you can leave us a recommendation, and we might get, get into it when we can. Uh, if you want to continue to listen to us on our podcast stream, just go to Pod, Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, itunes pandora and podvine and for those listening to us outside of the u.s you can listen to us on uh radio radio uh, sorry radio public breaker pocket cast and Podchaser. well that was our latest episode and we're about to sign off so this has been another episode of the granny true crime podcast and this has been your host maddie along with
1: gabby gab
2: and pod fox we are out of here.
1: Toodles.
2: Peace, y'all. Come back now. Here. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs>